Want to grow with the team? Always looking to learn? Let's get to that next level together. Welcome to Chop It Up, your favorite hair, business, and growth podcast out there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chop It Up with your host, Pasquale, the podcast to help you grow yourself, grow your business, and most importantly, grow your hair. So guys, today I actually want to do a, what's what's to me a really special episode, okay? It's about something that really played a huge factor in my development, which played a huge part in my life, and that's basically barbering. Because I do I did get a lot of requests to start speaking more about barbering, to start speaking more about hair uh, during this podcast, and I always try to link it to a situation that can happen in the hair industry. And I do believe that today I want to talk to the biggest gift that was given to me, and it's the art of barbering. So barbering for me, as you know, is more than just a haircut. I talk about this all the time. I think for myself, it's definitely the definition of my life. That's where my life went. I started barbering, funny story, really just as a hobby. So I was actually in school, I was studying in marketing, and I decided to start cutting some hair. The reason I started cutting hair was because I used to go to this barbershop and at the time there was this weird perception, especially in Montreal, where you had black barbershops, you had Latino barbershops, and you had white people hair salons, okay? So I I don't know how this sounds right now, but that's pretty much what it was because it was hard for a white person to walk into a black barbershop and get a haircut, which for me didn't really change anything because the high school I grew up with Uh, You know, most of my homies were Haitian. Uh, We grew up really, really closely. So I didn't mind to walk into these barbershops and I got my hair cut by Haitians. And it was quite funny how that started because I used to get this crazy fade and a crazy beard lineup and it would cost me like $10. But then I'd have to go see my hairdresser because I wanted to keep the top long. And most most, uh, barbers didn't actually cut with shears or at least they didn't have it like that. So I had to go get my hair cut in two different places. And for the simple sheer job that took maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes, I would pay double as I would pay the barber who had a lot more intricate details, who had a lot more work to do, but would get half the money. So all this to say that that's how I started cutting hair because I had some friends that would tell me, hey, bud, like you're always at the barbershop. You can possibly cut my hair. And I would tell them, you know, I I watch hockey every night. Doesn't mean I could play in the NHL, but they still trusted me. And there was no YouTube. There was none of that. So I kind of started as being self-taught. I had a couple of friends who I started practicing on and I was really good at drawing. So I started doing designs and that really brought up my name um, within the industry. I mean, I was just doing designs, this and that. And then my barber kind of, you know, heard through the grapevines that I was cutting hair at home in my garage. I had a little setup in my parents' basement. It was pretty cool. You know, I had three, four guys on the weekends. I would charge five, $10, whatever it was, but it was mostly for practice. I obviously had some baseball caps there because uh, some of them didn't leave with a haircut. They left with a baseball cap. So you know what that meant. Needless to say that um, it's really a passion that grew inside me, but it was mostly for the love of people because it was a way to bring people together. It was a way to talk to people. It was a way to listen to people. And the feeling that you had in, even in the garage where there was three, four people sitting there waiting for their haircuts, joking around, that's the environment that I realized I wanted to be in. So at the time, my barber asked me if I, if I was looking for a job and I told him, sure. And so, you know, for myself, it was a way to, it was a way to make money. At the time I was working at Best Buy, uh, I was also working part-time at a grocery store 
And I was full-time school. Uh, I was studying marketing at the time. So it was like, okay, you know what? This is a new challenge I can take on. And he offered um, in exchange of work to teach me how to cut hair. So I decided to take the offer and started cutting hair. And at the time I was cutting hair in the flea market. Haircuts were $12. And I've learned so much from this individual. His name is Sasha. Uh, was the first person that really got me going when it comes to barbering. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was the coolest thing to hang out there with everybody. And so what started to happen is I started to develop a clientele. And I wanted to elevate that clientele, you know, because in the flea market, as much as it was a great business, we didn't have appointments. It was a bit sketchy the way you walked in, you put your name on the board. People, people liked it, but you start to realize that if somebody has three hours to wait um, for a haircut, they probably don't have the job needed in order to pay you what you want to be paid. So I started working part-time in a hair salon. And I realized that the service that was given to me or the service that I was giving out in the hair salon was on a whole other level, which made me realize that I think the cuts are cooler in the flea market, but the service is greater at the hair salon. So what did that do? That brought me to open my own location, which was Chez Pasquale Barbier, which was my first barbershop 10 years ago. Um, huge, huge, huge accomplishment for me. When I think about it, I sit back sometimes, turn around and say, I've been running a business for 10 years. I'm able to provide for my family. I'm able to make people provide for their families for 10 years now. So for me, that's a, it's a huge accomplishment. I'm very proud of it. Sometimes it's hard to look at your wins, but sometimes you got to sit down and be able to analyze what you actually did and how many people's lives you actually impacted throughout your career. So when I opened my first barbershop, we took appointments. We were one of the first barbershops in Montreal to take appointments unlike the other ones where it was mostly on a walk-in basis, which got some people frustrated because some people were used to just waking up and saying, I'm getting a haircut from Pasquale today, and now they no longer could, right? So I had to kind of filter through my clientele. I tried to make everybody happy. I would stay every night till 10, 11 at night. I, I, I grinded my ass off so bad because I wanted it, because I wanted it to work. And so then I hired, you know, obviously my first part-timer, um, which was a man by the name of Remy. He was, he was a grinder as well. You know, we started building a team and so-and-so like time passed and I started filling up the next chair and filling up the next chair and filling up the next chair until I had no more chairs and we needed another space to get more chairs. So then came along barbershop number two, which actually was supposed to be kind of a move. We were supposed to move from the first location to the second location because I bought the real estate. And my landlord said that I had to cancel my lease six months in advance, which I hadn't done. So I decided I was going to try to run both of them at the same time. And guess what? Great success. Uh, we were both busy. I thought it was going to, you know, one location was going to take clients from the other and so and so. But we were so busy and we still are today, thankfully. Um, I think we became pillars in the community. We always helped out the community. We always participate. We always do events. Uh, we try to always give back. And, and that's one of the things that I'm grateful for that probably wouldn't have been possible if I worked any other job because you don't have a tight link to your community when you're, you know, I guess working at working at Dairy Queen, you know, you're serving ice cream. Uh, we were more of a place for the people. People would come in and we always serve espresso. Um, if, if you guys know me, you know that coffee is one of my, uh, coffee is my biggest drug, but it's also one of my biggest passions. And uh, the espresso is always this social meaning yeah, that was given to me by my dad. Every time he wanted to speak to me, every time we'd have a conversation, there was always around the coffee. It was just an espresso 
where we would say, hey, maybe it got us hyped up, you know? So we would get into these conversations. And I, I've learned that, you know, mixing the coffee and the barbering brought that social aspect. As you guys may know, um, especially in Montreal, a lot of the Italian cafes is a place of gathering where everybody heads out, has a coffee, and kind of shoots the shit for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever time they're there. Obviously, some people sleep there. Um, I didn't, but my barbershop kind of brought that to life for me. So it brought me a place where I was able to meet my best friends. Some of my best friends today I met through barbering. I met through cutting their hair. I met through having them by my side for several years. And it kind of made me into the person that I am today. Um, I did start in a way where I put my name up on the building because it was important for me. It was some type of a landmark for me to have my name on a building. I realized down the, down the, down the line that it was possibly, um, I'm not going to say a mistake because at the end of the day, it's what gave me my reputation within my neighborhood. But I do think that now that I'm, you know, more of a passive owner, uh, where I'm not in the barbershops every day, you know, people kind of ask, well, who's Pasquale? Where's Pasquale? So I guess you can say I became somewhat of Pasquale the legend, uh, which is pretty cool in itself, you know. But also, I have to say that if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't give it my name. I would give it some more of a standard name where more people can associate to it. But hey, you know, it built my name. It made me the person that I am today, and I'm thankful for it. And, um, you know, I'm going to fast forward on a lot of my career. I was given opportunities. I was given platforms where I can speak to people, where I can educate, where I can show what I do. And at the end of the day, sometimes I sit, I make myself a coffee, and I start to think. And I tell myself, what kind of job can you have in this world that you can go into work, you can hang out because at the end of the day, everybody ends up being your friend. And you know what? If you don't feel like your colleagues or your friends, you're probably not in the right environment because in my locations, everybody's very cool with each other and we hire based on um, personality. I know a lot of people can cut hair, but I can't educate you. I, can, I can't teach you how to be a, a good person. I can't teach you how to help others, but I can teach you how to cut hair. So... Where can you go where, you know, it's kind of like jokes all day. The customers are become friends because they've been coming for so long and you get paid. You get paid really well. You know, I have to say that I have barbers that make six figures. No problem. You know, obviously they had to dedicate some time into it. They had to put in the work. They had to put in the hours. But where can you find a job that you'll work with your hands where, you know, the injury factor is very, very minimal you know, I, 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 a lot of guys compare us to construction and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. The most I can do is hurt my back if I don't stay straight, which, you know, we teach all our barbers how to work in an ergonomic type of way where they make sure that their health comes first. And maybe I can cut the tip of my finger, you know, at most. So all to say that, you know, we get paid well. We have a great time at work. Uh, we have so much, you know, liberty. So, I mean, for myself, I try to be as flexible as I can with my staff. Um... But sometimes, you know, you have situations where people don't really appreciate what they have. Where they, you know, they show up at whatever time they want. They start thinking that they start taking this for granted. And the truth is, it's not about what I want to have as an authority on my barbers. It's mainly about what are your clients going to think? What are your people going to think? At the end of the day, you work so hard to build a clientele. You work so hard to have fans that will come back to you and pay you week after week. These people put food on your table. Don't think you've ever become too big that you can stop servicing these people. 
And that's what that showed me within the industry is I've had people work for me that are excellent, excellent at customer service. And they're the ones that grew the fastest and they keep growing today and they keep showing growth on a yearly basis. And then I've also had the rock stars who think that they're better than the industry. They're the best barber. They're the greatest thing and think customers will keep running after them. Unfortunately, you know, customers, they cut the bullshit after a while. You can give the best fate in the world. I don't care who you are. But if you consistently keep showing up late to appointments, you consistently don't show up, you cancel them, you're, you're slacking, you're talking, you don't care, they will leave you, okay? And that's the same with anything in life. When I do the parallels to life, if you have a wife, a girlfriend that you love dearly, the reason why she got with you is probably because you took care of her, because you tried to wow her in the beginning, right? If that starts to drop in your life, what ends up happening? You know, if you start, you know, not showing the same love you were showing in the beginning, not caring, not listening, not entertaining your relationship, not trying to grow better, not trying to talk, that person is probably going to going to leave you, right? So this is the type of parallel that I can do between my industry and the everyday life that we go through, right? And I've had clients leave me. Um, you know, I've had situations where if, if some of you know me personally, I've been through a divorce um, a couple of years ago that really affected me when it came to my workspace because I was upset because I was upset at people and I started treating my clientele like I was better, like I didn't care and I didn't talk to people anymore and I really wasn't myself anymore. And that's where I lost a ton of clients. And I saw that happen to me in front of my eyes and it was funny because some clients will go to another barber within the barbershop, but some clients are just not comfortable with that. So they'll leave the establishment. And now what you're really doing is you think that it's a situation that you're going through, but you're actually putting your whole team through that, right? Because once you start acting a certain way and people don't really like it, they'll leave the establishment. And my goal in being in the first chair was kind of like to funnel people down to the chairs in back of me to make sure that my barbers are eating just as much as I am. And that's one thing that I've learned is that, hey, if you're screwing up to a point where they don't even want to come to your location anymore, well then, Maybe you should wake up and smell the roses and start acting right again because this is nothing, it's nothing that's guaranteed to you. There's nothing that's promised to you. It's always going to depend on how far, how far and how consistent you are with your customer service. And that's the beauty about barbering is that if you keep your eyes open and you keep wanting to learn and you keep evolving, you're never going to be that old barber because we all have that old barber in our area that's pretty much like he doesn't care about anybody He's still charging $20. He's still sitting on his chair waiting for clients all day because he doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to learn new things. He thinks he's the best and he thinks there's no one better than him, right? And we see that on a regular basis. I drive in front of barbershops. We actually have one across the street from my first shop. Uh, you know, the old guy sitting there all by himself day in, day out and just waiting on his next client. While I go above and beyond to keep training my staff, to keep teaching my staff, to keep pushing my staff to get better, and most importantly, taking care of their clients. Because when you take care of the people that take care of you, because as much as you say, you know, oh, it's just a client, that client's been paying you, that client's been putting food on your table for several years, and be thankful of that. Nobody is a small client. Even though you have some clients sometimes that, you know, they're out of a job or something's going wrong and they don't tip as well because a lot of barbers talk about tipping and how tipping is important, you never know what's going on in your client's life, right? So always keep that in mind. Always try to look at it from an angle as to, you know, 
how can I thank this person? How can I see this person positive in a positive manner? Because I've had clients that used to give me $20 of tip on a haircut and all of a sudden they're giving me $5 of tip or they're giving me no tip. So how do I react to that? Do I get upset? No. You know, if, if he wants to talk about it, maybe he will. I'll never ask them. But most of the time, what I start to realize is then they'll come back to giving me that $20. And I always ask, or I don't always ask, but sometimes I kind of bring up the fact that has my service changed? Is it because of my service? But if that was the case, they probably wouldn't come back, right? So they keep coming back, but they're giving me less tip. And oftentimes it'll come out, you know, the person says, hey, I'm sorry, I was struggling. I was going through a hard time, but they still keep coming to you. You know, I've had clients ask me for better prices, uh, because they were going through something. And you know what? I'll gladly cut your hair for free because when I needed the help, you took care of me. And a lot of customers, you know, I spoke about that hard time that I had with my divorce and everything. A lot of customers actually would actually ask me, are you okay? Is everything going well? Do you want to talk about it? And I did open up to certain people and that made me realize that I do have the best job in the world because I've had customers reach out to me and I've had conversations with customers that brought me to another level in my head while some of my own family wouldn't even reach out to me to see how I was doing. So all that to say that, you know, we have the opportunity as barbers to live a great life, to live a successful life. As long as we keep an open mind and we keep pushing and we keep learning and we affiliate to a great team, okay? If you're in the right room, you're going to feel like you're growing, right? If you don't feel like you're growing, then you should probably talk to your boss or you should probably give me a call. I'm always there to help people out. I want to hear people I want to give them guidance. I always try to make my people evolve and as I'm trying to evolve myself. So the point is we're always learning and never get rid of that learning mentality because that's what always keeps bringing you to the next level. Even though you think you're the best, guess what? Five years down the line, you're going to turn around and say, oh my gosh, I was doing that back then. That's horrible. Like I have so many clients that I wish I can cut again because I know that at the time I thought that was the best haircut I've ever given. Today, I realized that haircut was probably trash compared to what I do today. So that being said, barbering is the best job in the world. Barbering, uh, I have to say, barbering saved my life. Barbering brought me to places where I never thought I can be. And um, I would like to have some barbers on here uh, so that we can probably share your story and see how you feel about barbering and what barbering has done for you. So if you know a barber, feel free to send him my way. Um, tag me on his page, send, send him to my DMs, and I'll definitely um, get some barbers on here so we can see how it saved people's lives, all right? So you guys, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week for the next episode of Chop It Up. You guys have a great day.